Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Happy 2012! I hope everyone has had a lovely holiday break and is back at it and raring to go. Somehow over this break, I, of the boundless energy, have discovered even more energy, as has Miss Kitty Fantastico. I'm not sure exactly where it's coming from, but we're both feeling super productive right now, so I'm going to take that feeling and run with it. Our topic today is German diction. We'll be covering the texts to Kennst du das Land? with Susanna Plassmann, who I thought would make an interesting guest because she's a German-born and trained actress rather than a singer, and König Heinrich's aria Mein Herr und Gott from Lohengrin with bass Georg Zeppenfeld, who just sang this role in Bayreuth last summer. We'll talk briefly about German consonants with Torsten Grumbel, and then we'll focus on the sch, the long squiggly s sound, and the ich and ach laut sounds, and the letters ZU when they're not a prefix to a word. When I was a kid, I loved to multitask. I would read while I was doing anything, from roller skating up and down the street with a book in my hands, to playing the piano with a book in front of me instead of the music. Yes, I was, and I probably still am a little insane. My sixth grade teacher even told my parents that I read too much, which honestly I don't think is possible for a kid. If you like to read, then read. But I was so proud of myself because I could read my book, watch TV, and cook my dinner all at the same time, or study with the TV on. But lately, I've been reading a lot about multitasking, and the results aren't exactly what I thought they'd be. According to one blog, we can't actually multitask. In fact, they mention studies done to find out how multitaskers get so good at it and they were surprised to find that they aren't good at it, and that in reality, it can damage working memory. Higher multitaskers actually scored worse in cognitive trials, were more easily distracted than others, had a tougher time picking out useful information and organizing it, as well as they did worse switching between tasks. So over the holidays, I tried something that the Study Hacks blog writer suggested, I started turning off my email program when I wasn't actually sitting at my computer. I checked Facebook only once in the morning and once in the evening instead of constantly throughout the day. Oh, I have set up a Twitter account, by the way, but again, I only check it or update it once or twice a day, and then I turn it off. And when I'm reading my books, I turn off the TV. I turn off everything when Miss Kitty and I run around the apartment in the evening chasing her play toys, and I even, big gulp, turn off my iPod while I'm running now when I sense them not really listening to it. Now, I don't know if all this has helped me to get the extra energy that I'm feeling right now, but I do know that I've gotten a whole lot more done than I did in the fall, so I'll be sticking with it. And if anyone else tries it, please let me know if it works for you. I'll post links to the texts for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Oh, and the Twitter account name is at Diction Police. A few weeks ago, when I was talking to bass Thorsten Grumbel, I asked him what he finds are the most common problems when we foreigners sing in German opera. Was fällt dir auf als eine von den größten oder die größten Probleme, die die Ausländer haben mit Deutsch, mit der deutschen Sprache? Das sind die Konsonanten mhm. und vor allem die Häufung der Konsonanten. 
das CH und das SCH, wie schön oder doch, ja. Oder ich. Und das CK, die Doppel, Doppelkonsonanten, ja. Und äh, wie bei dem Wort bepflanzt, das, da muss man sich Zeit nehmen für, um ja. die Konsonanten miteinander zu verbinden. His answer was consonants in general, but more specifically the SH and the Ich and Ach laut sounds. And over the past few weeks, I've had the chance to hear very clearly what he was talking about. As Americans, we have no problem making a SH, but we tend not to realize how much time and weight it takes to make that sound in German. So Georg Zeppenfeld will talk with us a little later about how to make that SH sound very German. The CHs are a little tougher for us. We covered the rules that govern them in great detail in episode 15, so if you need a refresher, check that episode out again. And in the first interview, Susanna Plassmann will show us some ways to think about making those sounds. Over the past few weeks, I've had the chance to work with several Eastern Europeans singing in German, and they have a different problem with these sounds. They try to voice them. In languages like Czech and Russian, letters can work backwards, For example, in Czech, they spell the word for who, K-D-O, but they pronounce it G-D-O. So the D actually voices the K that comes before it. In Russian, the following vowel may determine whether a consonant is soft or hard. But in German, the devoicing of consonants is only affected by letters in the word itself. For example, D-S-P-I-L-T-N-E-S-S and V-D-S-K-T-A-B-I-L-T in the aria D-S-P-I-L-T-N-E-S-S The B and the G do not voice the S before it. Vidis Götterbild would never happen. But when Panina sings diese Tränen, the S is voiced because of the following vowel within the word diese. The interesting thing is that most Eastern European languages also have the devoicing of final letters, just like in German. So I'm not sure why they tend to voice them in German. I assume that they're trying to make it more legato. But I've also heard them try to voice the Ich-Laut, the Cicedia sound. And in that case, the Ich-Laut ends up sounding almost like a Gamma. So be careful that you're putting enough air through the sound so that it really unvoices sh and, and hisses like a cat. These are some things to listen for in the episode and to watch out for in your own singing. Our first text for today is Kennst du das Land? a poem from Goethe's Wilhelm Meister's Lehrjahre, or his apprenticeship. The character Mignon is stolen from her parents in Italy, which is, of course, the place she longs for in the text. All of Mignon's songs in this book have been set by many, 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 many composers. A quick glance through the Lied Art Songs and Choral Texts page shows over 50 versions of the original German text of Kennst du das Land having been set, as well as several translations. Now, We taped this backstage before performance, and for some reason, although no one had ever done this ever before any of the other shows of this, somebody that night decided to warm up in the dressing room next door. So unfortunately, you'll be hearing vocal warm-ups throughout this, and us trying not to get frustrated as it gets loud. Kennst du das Land, wo die Zitronen blühen? Im dunklen Laub die Goldorangen blühen? Ein sanfter Wind vom blauen Himmel weht, die Myrte still und hoch der Lorbeer steht? Kennst du es wohl? Dahin, 
Dahin möchte ich mit dir, o oh mein Geliebter, ziehen. Kennst du das Haus? Auf Säulen ruht sein Dach. Es glänzt der Saal, es schimmert sein Gemach und Marmorbilder stehen und sehen mich an. Was hat man dir, du armes Kind, getan? Kennst du es wohl? Dahin, dahin möchte ich mit dir, o oh mein Beschützer, ziehen. Kennst du den Berg und seinen Wolkensteg? Das Maultier sucht im Nebel seinen Weg. In Höhlen wohnt der Drachenalte Brut. Es stürzt der Fels und über ihn die Flut. Kennst du das wohl? Dahin, dahin geht unser Weg. O oh Vater, lass uns ziehen. That was Susanne Plassmann reading Kennst du das Land by Goethe. Yes, hello. <laughs> and I think the... The toughest thing about this is right in the title of the piece, knowing whether or not to say kennst du or to say kennst du. Yes. What would you suggest? Um, I would actually suggest reading this piece to, to put it together. Kennst du das Land? Mm -hmm. When you're just taught, when you're just speaking it. Exactly, exactly. Like you said earlier that most Germans do, even in singing. Yeah. And I would say in singing, I would, I would separate them. I would say kennst Du das Land, yeah. wo die Zitronenbühne. In, in speaking, we really don't like this so much. So much. Kennst du? We usually don't do it. It feels because, too awkward. Yeah, it feels a bit awkward. But in singing, I would totally, I would totally do it. The next thing I was thinking was the word for citrus, where the citrus trees bloom. Uh -huh. Wo die Zitronen blühen. And uh, the first thing I said to you was, we need to talk about the first <laughs> syllable of that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you would, if you if you see how it's written, uh, with after the I, there is T R, mm -hmm. and usually we would we would then take the I short mm -hmm. because we have two consonants following. But in this case, it's the typical German exception, <laughs> like we have so many of them, and we say Zitronen. So a closed E sound instead of an open I. Exactly. Zitronen. Zitronen. And actually the, the O is also closed. Yeah, but that, and O you can understand because there's only one consonant exactly. following, and then usually they're, they're long, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the H also closes the vowel. Blühen. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And makes it long, nice, and close. Exactly. <laughs> and, okay, and since we just said the the long closed, yeah. you umlaut, let's go straight to the end and talk about the, or it's to the end of the second verse and talk about the short. Beschütze. Beschütze. That's the toughest, I think the <laughs> toughest sound for Americans to make in the German language. Yeah, probably. I know, I hear a lot of English speakers and they, they already have problems with the, with, the, with the open U. But you had this beautiful thing, how to, how to make the closed one. The, well, the closed one is a, an E, a closed E at the back of the, for the vowel at the back of the mouth. E exactly. And then the lips actually point to an U. Okay. Exactly. That's very nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and with the open one, then it's the open versions of them. So I and O. Beschützer. 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 Very nice. And I think it's even worse in the third verse. Stürzt. With an R after it. Stürzt der Fels. And then you can, of course, you can go to the to the R and make it more that we have this this nice um, drawing sound. Like, really, you see it falling. It, it's stürzt. Oh, so you would roll that R, too. Yeah, I would really, I would go, because it, it, uh, it's such a nice visual, visual sound. Stürzt. 
you almost, you almost see it falling when, yeah. you, when you hear that. Yeah, sound. and the more you're saying this, I'm actually noticing, again, we really have to phonetically remember that the Z is a T-S, and then there's a T at yeah. the end, so you get stürzt. Stürzt, genau, yeah. es stürzt. Yeah, so yeah. there's a whole lot of consonants yeah. together. Well, and I guess then with the D after that, stürzt der Fels. Es stürzt der Fels, es stürzt der Fels. Yeah, you can, I, again, I would take it together. Yeah, elide uh, that one together. Yeah. So as opposed to stürzt der, mm -hmm. stürzt der Fels. But in this case, I would do it dramatically again. Es stürzt der Fels. Now I did, now I actually Now you actually separate <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, it's, but it's one to think about, yeah. whether you want to mm -hmm. or not, whether it's too much. It's how you can, how you can really form the language, how you can take, take the language as an, as an image and just make the images. That's what I really like about yeah. the language. Yeah, exactly. Right there, we, we talked a little bit yeah. too about in, a, in English, after a voiced consonant, an S will always be voiced. But in German, that's not the case. Yes, yes, yes. Like we have, es stürzt der Fels. So that S is really yeah. an unvoiced, sharp, sharp yeah. S. Like Hals for the neck. The word W-E-G is, is kind of always a question mark. Yeah. Because it can either be closed or open, right? Yeah, but it has, the, the word has two meanings. One is the way. Mm -hmm. And when it's a noun. Yeah, and then, uh, and then it's just go, gone. It's, mm -hmm. das ist weg, this is gone. Mm -hmm. that, and then it's, it's short. Yeah. Then we have a short uh, vowel and then it's weg. But in this case we have weg. Genau. And you see it, of course, it has a capital letter, cap capital W, so weg. And actually it rhymes with Steg. Exactly. exactly. Wolkensteg. Kennst du den Berg und seinen Wolkensteg? Das Maultier sucht im Nebel seinen Weg. So those are a lot of closed E's. Nebel. Yes. Nebel und Weg. Yeah, exactly. Ah, Myrte, Myrte, Myrte. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's let's actually back up again to the first verse, because yes. we had a bunch of words there that we wanted to talk genau, about, genau. like like gold orange. Genau, gold orange. Gold so, orange. Okay, so first, the, the D at the end of, of gold, because if we were going to say G-O-L-D, the, the D would become an unvoiced D, a T. Genau, genau. That's it, yeah, you, you, wouldn't, go, you, you wouldn't go very hard on the D, gold Gold orange. It's it's still it has the soft gold. I think the way to look at it is is actually not to say is to to say instead of it being a completely unvoiced D, which would be a T, is to say that it is just an unvoiced D. So it's a little softer than a T gold. sound. Genau. So you gold. think still think D, uh -huh. but, but you, it's not. But you take you take it as a T. Gold orange, and then we have two we have two opportunities to to say orange. You get the the nice and. Uh, elegant one, of course, is the French one, mm -hmm. orangen. Yeah. But you can say, and you will always hear orangen oh. in German. Ooh. People say uh, orangen, or there's different words for that. But yeah. people say, but in, in cases like this, I would always say orangen. Yeah. yeah. Orange. And we had talked a little bit about these U umlauts. Genau, blühen und glühen. And this actually is also the same thing. It works the same way with the genau. letter Y, right? Genau, Myrte. And the, we call it Y, that you hear it. Like the first, of course, Y is written with a, with a Y at the, at the beginning, and we say Y. Yeah. So Y really is an, is an U. Yeah, so it really is like an U umlaut. Genau. It yeah. is like an U umlaut. And in this case, because of the double consonant, it'll be Not open. A, it's it's um, short, you know, it's open and short. That's yeah. Nice. Okay, and then in the second verse, We've talked a lot in this podcast yes. about the letter A, which is the A umlaut. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so we talk a lot about that, and we have it in glänzt. 
genau, glänzt and that's the only one, no? I think so, I think so, but then when it happens in a diphthong, when we get the e umlaut followed by a U, then it's a diphthong and it has a completely different sound. Genau, then it, it's more like a, a diphthong with a E. EU und EU, very, very, very similar. Yeah. Säulen, Eulen, Eulen, written like the birds, I don't know how you call Owls, them. we call them Owls. Owls. Um, written with an EU und Säulen, written with an A umlaut U. Yeah. The same sound Deutsch. as Deutsch. Exactly, exactly. And here it's just because, actually, there is nothing like Saul. There's no, uh, die Säule is, is written like this, but sometimes we have die Sau, like the female pig, mm -hmm. and then the uh, plural would be Zoye. Would have the, uh, yeah, with the umlaut. And then you understand where it comes from, that you just, uh, did you put the dots on the A, ah, and that it, it's not the E, but the A ah with, the, with the dots. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I did have one teacher say to me, because I, I was talking to him, uh, he'd come to visit Dresden, and I, would talk, I, I had talked to him, and I said, well, what, what do you think is missing? What could we talk more about? And he actually said, sometimes we could talk more about CHs, and we get a few CHs in here. So I thought we'd talk about this back CH, or just hear this sound again. <sighs> and I heard a nice thing about how to, how to build it. <sighs> okay. Like you think of yellow, and then you... And then you uh, you don't you do it stimmlos? How do you say that? Unvoiced. Unvoiced. Instead of yi 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 would be with the voice. And if you if you stop it, yeah. If you just if you just give wind, yeah. so to speak. If you put your tongue in the position of a Y. Yeah. And then you give wind. And that gives us the front one. Yes. Mich. Mich. Dach. Yeah, that's that's. Well, but that's yeah, but that's that's a great when because we have mich. Yeah, mich dich. Möchte ich mit, my, uh, mit dir Beschützer ziehen? Yeah, so you get that, get that front sound. Because I always call it the cat hiss. Ah. You say you want to sound like Miss Kitty. Okay. Ah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, that's good one. Let's Not do. that Miss Kitty ever hisses. <laughs> Never ever. Actually, she did last night. Um, but the back one, the back one is in a completely different place in the mouth. It's literally back there where the, where the, the tongue meets the soft palate. Yeah, it's like the snoring. <sighs> da. Yeah, yeah like so to speak. Yeah, like, if you oh. snore, it's like it's the same sound. Exactly. And everybody, I think everybody is is uh, able to to produce this snoring sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in a way, no. I it's think like, you're right about that. Kennst du or kennst du? I really did listen to every recording I could find of this to hear what people do. And of course the answer is, it was split exactly down the middle. Half the performers connected kennst du, and the other half separated kennst du. So this really is something that you can decide for yourself what you would like to do. As we said, citrone is unusual in that the unstressed I is closed to a lowercase i phonetically. But it's not long and closed, it's just closed, so we don't have to extend that vowel the way we do the closed O that follows it. Wo die Zitronen blühen. Wo die Zitronen blühen. The way Susanne explained how to make the Ich laut was pretty neat. Put your tongue in the position to make a J glide or a Y or even just an E, however you want to explain that, and then push air through it. Of course, this is probably also why most of us foreigners want to say mich and dich. So once your tongue is in that position, remember to put the correct vowel in front of it. Mich, dich. And I never thought about using that snoring sound for nach, 
but it really works. Not that any of us snore, but we can all fake it, right? Just find out where the back of your tongue would hit your soft palate if you snored, and that's where the Achlaut goes. Our second text for today is König Heinrich's aria from Lohengrin. The first time I ever played this aria, I was in the Young Artist Program at Florida Grand, and one of the main stage artists sang it at a benefit concert. For pianists, if you haven't played any Wagner and you're looking to start, this is a good one. It's not long, it's extremely tonal, and it doesn't have the thousands of running notes that you find in Du bist der Lenz, Dich teure Halle, or Winterstürme. Mein Herr und Gott, nun ruf ich dich, dass du dem Kampf zugegen seist. Durch schwertes Sieg ein Urteil sprich, das Trug und Wahrheit klar erweist. Des reinen Arm gib Heldenkraft, des falschen Stärke sei erschlafft. So hilf uns Gott zu dieser Frist, weil unsere Weisheit Einfalt ist. That was Georg Zeppenfeld reading King Henry's aria from Lohengrin. And I thought we'd start right off with the, the word H-E-R-R. Open E's in, in, in H-E-R-R, right? Ja, richtig. Mein Herr. And double R. Ja, viel R. Lots mein of R's. Herr und Gott. Actually, before we had the tape on, we talked a little bit about the difference between singing and speaking. When you speak the R, you say it in the back, right? Richtig. Das R schlägt bei mir am Gaumen an. Wenn ich singe, werde ich natürlich die Zunge benutzen. Yeah, so when, he, when Germans speak it, the R comes in the back of the mouth by the soft palate. But when he sings it, he pulls it front to, the, to roll your tongue. Genau so ist das. Yeah. And the difference between something like Herr... And a word like H-E-R, when we say uh, hin und her, hm. then we get the closed vowel, right? Richtig, und das gibt dann auch halt einen Bedeuten, Bedeutungsunterschied. Wenn das ähm, E schmal wird und auch noch lang wird, dann haben wir das her, mhm. also die Streitmacht. Und äh, was völlig anderes als der Herr. Exactly. So you can hear the two words back to back there. With the, the first one he says... It, The here, when there's only one R, it's a smaller vowel, it's a closeder vowel and, and longer. But this one, this her, is something completely different. And in this case, it's the God. Ja, und natürlich <laughs> ist, ist das E der komplizierteste Fall von unseren Vokalen, finde ich. Es gibt maßlos viele Schattierungen zwischen dem geschlossenen E und dem breiten E. Yeah, so there's a lot of differences between the two, the closed and the open E's. Es, es nähert sich dem E an, wenn man es sehr ernst meint. Yeah, it's close to the, the E, which is... For us, the letter I, the lowercase I. My next question, actually, I think I have this wrong in my head. <laughs> um, N-U-N followed by R-U-F. Nun ruf. So they're, so they're both closed U's. Yeah. Yeah. And ruf because it comes from the verb. Rufen. Und ich liebe dieses geschlossene U deshalb so sehr, weil es mir hilft, gerade in dieser Arie anschließend auf die hohe Note etwas oberhalb der, des Registerwechsels zu kommen, weil das schmale geschlossene U einen zwingt, gut zu fokussieren und schlank zu singen. Und danach kommt man gut auf die hohe Note, auf das, auf das S oben. Ja, yeah, so he loves, he loves that closed U because it carries you through, actually it keeps the voice lined up perfectly, so you can go up, in, up through the passaggio up into that high E flat. Ganz genau so ist das. 
Yeah. And once you get up there, then we have two open vowels in a row. Mm-hmm. That ich dich. Do you sing? Do you stay on an open eye? Is or would you? Do you close the vowel at all? Do you shade the vowel at all once you get up there? Ich versuche mir sehr deutlich dieses e vorzustellen, aber ich benutze das gleiche Instrument, das ich für das geschlossene u hatte. Und das ist ja im Prinzip der Trick beim Passaggio, zumindest für Bässe. Aha. Ich weiß nicht, wie das bei anderen ist. Aber man 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 formt das Instrument so, als ob man einen sehr äh, körperhaften Klang hat und setzt dann einen gleißenden Vokal oben drauf. Basically, he, he tries to think open eye uh, sound, but he tries to keep the instrument in the same position as the closed U. So if you keep that U feeling the whole way through it, you'll form that, that I sound even better once you get up above the passaggio. In the, in the second line of this, we get a word that starts with the, the prefix Z-U. Mm-hmm. When it's at the beginning of a word, it's usually stressed, right? Das kommt auf die Funktion dieser Silbe an. Bei dem Wort zugegen. In der Arie des Heinrich ist das zu kein Präfix. Es ist keine Vorsilbe, sondern es gehört zum, äh, zu diesem äh, Adverb zugegen. Und äh, wenn man sowas wie eine Tür zuschlagen meint, dann ist es ein Präfix zu einem anderen Verb. Und das Präfix kennzeichnet dann das Besondere, das, das, äh, was das Verb quasi einfärbt. Und als das Besondere wird es hervorgehoben. Deshalb heißt es zuschlagen, jemandem zusetzen, hinzutreten, wenn es in der Mitte ist. Mhm. Die lautliche Betonung hat dann mit der sinngemäßen Betonung äh, einen Konnex. Ja, so in this case, zugegen, the, the ZU is actually not a prefix. It's part of the actual word. It's part of the adverb here. And so it's not stressed. The syllable that's stressed is the gegen, zugegen. But if you have it in the examples that he was giving us, zusetzen, zuschließen, when you, when you close a door, you, you schließ it zu. And because of, the, because of the grammatical effect of it, because it's as opposed to schließ es auf, you don't want to schließ it open, you want to schließ it zu, closed, the direction that you're going in. Yeah. We also get in this aria all three versions of when we can get the sound sh, which phonetically is the long squiggly s. So in the third line we get our first one, durch schwertes Sieg ein Urteil sprich. Ah, oh, actually, that's and sprich is the other one. Mm-hmm. It's one of the others. Yeah. So whenever we see SCH, we're always going to say SH together, right? When they're ja. all together. Ja, das ist richtig. Und das ist ein bisschen, es ist ein bisschen saftiger in der deutschen Sprache als in der englischen. Das, das, das SH im Englischen, das hat immer ein bisschen etwas Gelächeltes. Sch ist sehr weit vorne. Sch. Mhm. Ähnlich wie der Ich-Laut. Und äh, im Deutschen ist es gutturaler. Wir machen ein Sch. Das findet, findet weiter hinten im Mund äh, statt. Und es hilft uns sehr äh, zu, zu äh, öffnen. Gerade bei Schwertes, da ist noch ein, ein klingender Konsonant dazwischen. Äh, ich liebe diese Stelle, weil das auch mit, dem, mit der aufspringenden Sechste in der Arie korreliert, dass man durch Schwertes singen kann. Und dann haben die, was ich ganz wichtig finde, dann haben die alten Sänger vor, sagen wir mal, 50 oder mehr Jahren einen äh, beliebten Trick verwendet, um das plastisch zu machen, indem sie ein, ein Schattenvokal ein, eingeführt haben. Und das liebe ich heiß und innig. Man hört das auf alten Schallplatten sehr oft und es wirkt im großen Raum sehr vorteilhaft, wenn man sowas wie Sch und W trennt durch ein Ö. Das heißt dann Schwertes, durch Schwertes Sieg. Yeah, so, so what he's, right now is what he's saying is that you can put a little shadow vowel between the two and really make it an uh, a really, really guttural sound, schwertes. 
Ja, und, genau, und es braucht seine Zeit. Schwer, schwer, schwertes, schwertes Sieg ein Urteil sprechen. Ja, yeah. and what he said at the beginning was that as Americans, we tend to say sch in a high position, basically where a German would say that ich laut, the higher placement ch sound. But Germans have it in a much deeper spot. And honestly, as you said it, I was thinking of the, the Russian sound zh, the, the Russian consonant zh, and how low, what a low position that has. And if you put it almost there, you get a sh that feels much lower and much more back in the throat. So if you have that schwertes, you get a long sound. And what he said too is you hear that, that shva, that little shadow vowel on a lot of the really old recordings of the old big time singers that were really singing the big repertoire. Dadurch gewinnt, gewinnen diese Konsonanten eine, eine Plastizität und ähm, auch eine Klangqualität, die eigentlich so dieses Feindbild des Konsonanten als das, was einen beim Singen stört, abschafft. Yeah. Also mich stören die Konsonanten nicht. Sie stören mich vielleicht beim Sprechen, wo ich diese Hilfe nicht benutzen darf, yeah. aber sie stören mich nicht beim Singen. Yeah, so he's saying that because if you if you use those tricks, it gives it a sort of a malleability, a moldability, a plasticity that it, you can shape it, and and it actually helps keep the consonants on the line. It keeps things flowing, as opposed to when you speak, where you don't have all the air going, and you don't you're not allowed to use some of these tricks where it can interrupt the line. As we said with schwertes, then we have the sh there, and we also can have an s before a p that goes sh. Is that the same thing then? Im Deutschen eigentlich ja. Durch schwertes Sieg ein Urteil sprich. Sprich. Man wird es vielleicht, weil das P ein Verschlusslaut ist, wird man es nicht so auskosten. Mhm. Es wird vielleicht kürzer ausfallen als bei schwertes. Ja. Aber sprich, oder wie man es sprechen würde, sprich hat im Prinzip das gleiche Sch. Ja, so he's saying that because the P is an unvoiced consonant, The, the sh is probably not as long. You wouldn't use it as, as long as you can with schwertes because the, the V sound that we get there is also voiced. So you can enjoy those two a little bit more than you can sprich. Yeah. The other chance we get for that is with a T, which we get in the fifth or sixth line where, wherever we are. Des falschen Stärke sei erschlafft. And then we have three of those sh 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 yep. in a row. Yeah, herrlich. <laughs> Again, because we have this double F, that, that A vowel is a little shorter, erschlaft. Ja, and we want to really use the F. Ja, ja das ist richtig. Und äh, nicht den Schattenvokal vergessen. Erschlaft. Oh, erschlaft. yeah, because the L is a voiced consonant, so we can erschlaft. Ja. Oh, I like that. I'm going to steal that idea, because I like that a lot. <laughs> There was one other word that I wanted to ask about because I hear this when we speak. I hear a lot of gip, gip mal her. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of short vowels, but I learned that technically as a closed vowel. Mm -hmm. And that's right, isn't it? Das ist richtig. Wenn man das, wenn man ein, 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 ein flaches gip hört, dann ist das slang. Okay. Das ist in der Hochsprache ist dieser Laut geschlossen. In slang or in colloquial language, people would say gip. But G-I-B should be a closed E, gib. Yeah. And long then, because it's in a long sound. Ja, nicht so long, als, als wenn ein E dahinter stünde. Okay. Nicht wie in Liebe oder so, aber es, die, die Farbe ist eine geschlossene. Okay, so it's a closed vowel, but it's not quite as long as it would be if it were the I-E version of it, Liebe. I really wanted to point out the difference between Herr and Herr. Because one of my friends made his Met debut in the new Tristan and Isolde production in 1999, and I remember him telling me how often Walter Tausig 
would come to him after a rehearsal and say, Herr, Herr. So be sure that there's a big difference between here, H-E-R, with a long closed E and that drop off upside down A instead of the R sound, and Herr, with an open E and lots and lots of R. Zugegen. This is a fun point that I wasn't sure of the actual rule until Georg explained it here. We've come across this zu as a stressed prefix before, as in the song zu Eignung. And remember what a big deal I made about it there? Papageno uses the word zu bandest, where the zu is also stressed, again because it's a prefix added onto the verb. Other words like this are zugabe, which is encore in German, so something added to the end of, end of a show, zusatz, addition, zusage, an agreement, and zutaten, ingredients, so something that you're putting into what you make. But in the word zugegen, which means present, the zu is part of the word itself, and therefore it isn't stressed. And you'll see this in words like zugleich, at the same time, zufrieden, satisfied, and zuletzt, last. Unfortunately, this may be a case of looking it up if you're unsure, because there are words like zustand, condition, or zuständig, responsible, or appropriate, but also zustande bringen, to bring about, which look almost exactly the same on the page. And I don't know any quick fixes to figure out where the, where the stress is, other than just to look them up. Okay, confession time. I've worked in Germany for nine years now, and I swear to you that my ear tells me that nun is an open U nun. I don't know why I thought that, because obviously if I would just have followed the rules, I would automatically have closed the vowel since it's only followed by one consonant. Maybe it's because I come from a part of America where we say Roman brum. Either way, I have been wrong for a very, very, very long time, so make sure that you learn it correctly. Listen to Georg, moon. And that's all for today. To find out more about Thorsten Grundl, Susanne Plassmann, and Georg Zeppenfeld, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.